Every candidate faces important work, but the candidates running for the Jackson County Clerk's Office have the responsibility to clean up that office. We'll meet the candidates. Two of the candidates running in District 43 for the Tennessee House. And we'll talk about the White County School Board race. From News Talk 94.1 and Lake Rock 95.9. Your chance to hear where the candidates stand. Their background, their interests. Election 2020. Meet the candidates. Just about 15 hours away from Election Day across the Upper Cumberland. In Tennessee House District 43, there are three candidates running for one seat. Jerry Lowry, Bobby Robinson, and Paul Sherrill, the incumbent. Paul Sherrill, what has been the biggest difference in this campaign that, because of COVID and, and the way you've had to do things? Well, probably the biggest difference is uh, being able to get out and, and uh, actually visit the people and, and uh, you know, a lot of the functions that usually goes on, uh, events, things like this, has been canceled, so it's really hard to get out and and shake people's hands like you want to and, and ask for their prayer, support, and vote, but uh, we're trying to do the best we can to reach out to people by social media, uh, by the paper, by the radio stations, uh, TV stations, uh, just... Uh, Standing on the corner with my sign and trying <laughs> to let people know we're out and about, you know, trying to do the best we can without, you know, bothering people, not shaking their hands, you know, and just, just trying to sort of stay away from them. So, really different. As you talk to people, what are the things that are on their mind right now? <clears throat> well, probably uh, one thing is that people want to get back to work. I mean, they've been laid off, and we've, and, you know, back in earlier part of the year, we was uh, the state of Tennessee and across the United States, the uh, economy was really doing good, and, and uh, we was probably, what, 3 point something percent unemployment rate, and and now we've got uh, six or 700,000 people off on unemployment. So probably uh, just hearing people, they're wanting to get back to work, that's a big thing. But another thing, the uh, people that are, calling us here at home or at Nashville, uh, they're having uh, still issues of getting their unemployment, and we're trying to uh, help these people to get to their claims into the Department of Labor and help them the best we can to uh, get their unemployment money and, and trying to help people with whatever needs they might be. As we talk about unemployment, that leads into workforce development, and that is an area that, uh, that this whole region has been focused on for the last several years. Uh, are we doing what we need to be doing and preparing that next generation for what lies ahead? Well, I believe that uh, under Governor Lee's administration that he is trying to encourage us to invest money in the vocational uh, part of uh, our money that we put into the state to uh, help people to get a, a education, not only going to college, but if they need to go to a, vo a vocational school to, get, to learn a trade, that's what he is trying to do, encourage, which is a very good thing to do. And, uh, you know, I think it's uh, a wise thing to do because everybody don't want to go to college and everybody don't need to go to college. So, 
that's things that we are working on to try to help people in, in whatever field that they feel led to go into. Where do you feel as though Tennessee has come the furthest over the last several years in terms of education, and specifically public schools education? Well, uh, in my time of being in Nashville, uh, I was elected in 2016 and again elected in 2018, uh, blessed by the good Lord above. But in my time of being down there and learning, uh, there's a great lot to learn. Uh, I have seen and seen and seen that we, uh, from the state, has put in uh, a lot of money into the public school and uh, to educate our children and uh, to support our teachers and staff. And uh, I think that we will uh, need and will continue to do that. We want our children to have a good education. And we have done this, and uh, yes, there is improvement. There's there's always things that we could do in a better way to make our education better in the state of Tennessee. But, and I'm a person that feels like that, uh, you know, people ask me about, well, what about public school? What about a private school? I'm 100% that we need to take care of our public schools, and I have a son, my wife and I have a son in the public school in White County, and we do want to take care of of our uh, public education. But if a person wants to uh, take their child and take them into a private school, uh, if they want to take them into a Christian school, that's their business, in my opinion. But, but yes, 100%. Uh, want to encourage people to, and I will too, try to continue to uh, support our public education. There has been criticism that uh, the, the the state overall has been too focused on test scores and uh, that sort of thing. Everybody wants accountability, including the teachers. Where do you come down on that idea of of keeping people accountable, but at the same time not making it all about the test? That's a very good question. Uh, Testing is uh, something that we have to do. And I was talking to, and let me sort of change the subject just a little bit. I was talking to a student yesterday that will be a high school student. And last year, he was taking a class in uh, foreign language. And he said that he was in this class and... Instead of learning this language, like I feel like and what he thought they were supposed to be doing, he said that they were sitting in class watching movies and coloring. I don't think that uh, watching movies and coloring will help this student and other students to learn that foreign language that they need to learn. So we've got some problems in our school system uh, that we need to some way address. I'm all for supporting the public school and helping teachers and things like this, but I do not want to send my child or anybody else's child to school in a, in a junior in high school and let him sit there or her sit there and, and color or watch movies. I don't think that's a good thing. Paul Sherrill is a candidate, Tennessee House District 43, as we get ready to go to the polls. Tennessee is growing, and and certainly Nashville, Memphis, growing areas. 
How do you try to make sure in your role, Paul, that the, the, the voice of a more rural region like the Upper Cumberland is heard in Nashville? Well, when you go down there, uh, say your first time or your second time, you have to learn that you have to work with the folks that's been down there for maybe 15 years. You've got to learn with them. You've got to support them because you're going down there very fresh, and you've got to know that uh, you've got a lot of listening to do. And as you grow a relationship with these members, colleagues that you work with, and they see that you'll support them, and they will support you and what you need in your district. So it takes time, and I'm seeing in my time down there that I'm getting my colleagues that I work with now more they are wanting to support me in the district that I represent, which is White, Warren, and Grundy County. It takes a process and a time to do this. You just don't go down there that first time and, and, and uh, say, hey, we're going to bring all this stuff back to the district. It don't happen. It takes time to, to build a relationship that you can, you can work with these people, and you've got to work with them and say, hey, my district needs this or my district needs that, and, and hopefully as you do this, they will help you to build your district up too. Paul, is there more that needs to be done as it relates to care and making sure that those who are dealing with health care issues and, and not having insurance, that they have the resources they need? Yes, sir. I, I agree 100%. I, you know, if it was left up to me, uh, I'd like to see everybody – uh, say in the state of Tennessee to have insurance, but there is some people that uh, in our society today, there's just some people that we cannot help. They won't help theirself. So how do you help somebody that don't want to help theirself? There is different programs out there to help everybody in the state of Tennessee, whatever that need might be. But but they have to be willing to do their part there's there's things that you've got to do i've got to do and whoever has a need that they have to do to and and we want to help people to have uh insurance and uh and we will work to try to do that but we got to realize it's we've got to work together you got to do your part and i got to do my part Paul Sherrill, is the state doing enough to encourage business growth? Has there been a reduction in red tape and bureaucracy that encourages business? I believe so. Uh, under the Trump administration, as my understanding, we have less uh, mandates, we have less regulations, uh, easier regulations under the Trump administration, which comes down from the federal government to the state government, and, and the state government passes this along to the counties and the cities. So we have less regulations upon us. We still have regulations, and we should have, but it's, it's easier, I've been told from people out in the field, that it's easier to get things done today than it was under the Obama administration. So we're just going to keep working forward and trying to bring in great businesses and and, and great factories and things like this in the state of Tennessee. And, yes, uh, th- like, again, things was going good uh, back in 
the earlier part of the year, and then when this fire's hit, it, it's really um, made a mess. Uh, it's hurt a lot of people in the state of Tennessee. It's hurt our businesses. Uh, it's hurt uh, trying to bring in new businesses. But we're hoping, and Governor Lee is doing a good job uh, to try to do what he can do to take care of us during this time of crisis, during the, the, the virus mess. And uh, we're going to keep working hard to hopefully bring in new jobs and new factories, new businesses, and uh, try to make uh, Tennessee uh, further better a great state to live in. And, and Tennessee is. Uh, the one good thing about Tennessee versus some of the other states, uh, financially, the, the state of Tennessee, we're in great shape compared to uh, some of the other states, it's broke, and uh, we've had some good leadership uh, down in Nashville before I was uh, elected, and hopefully uh, we will continue to uh, work forward uh, to try to keep uh, Tennessee in a good financial stance. Running against Paul Sherrill, Bobby Robinson. So, Bobby Robinson, why did you decide to uh, make this run? Well, um, i just seen such a need in our district. Um, we need representation. That's what that job's for. And, uh, you know, there's just not been a lot done in the past four years. And uh, me and my wife's always been community people and people to try to help, you know, better the community. And and we just feel there's a need there. And, you know, and that's, that's probably the main reason that I wanted to run was just to uh, try to make it a better place. As you talk to people, what are the the biggest concerns that they are feeling right now, besides the obvious with, with COVID and, and, and all its effects? Yeah, well, as you know, this, this election cycle has been a very strange, uh, strange thing, and we've not really been able to get out and talk one-to-one like we normally would, you know, in an election cycle. But the ones that's reached out to us on Facebook and everything else, uh, you know, they just uh, they just want to see more help from the state as far as infrastructure, roads, uh, helping getting jobs in, and that sort of thing. You know, that's that's the main things we're hearing. Uh, people just want better opportunity in the school systems. I hear I hear more about the schools than I do anything else, and uh, and that's something we want to work on real hard. Let's talk about education, and, and obviously the state has a large role in, in, in making that happen. Uh, start with teacher pay. Uh, do you feel well, like that there's a, an opportunity there? I think there's opportunity, you know, to pay our teachers a little bit more. Uh, of course, um, you know, it needs to be uh, on a merit system, and it is somewhat, but, uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, there's, there's more room. And my problem with uh, – the main thing I'm seeing and hearing from the teachers is they don't get enough operating money through the year to buy their supplies, and they're taking money out of their own pockets, you know, to supply their their classroom. And, and that just don't seem right to me. I mean, they get a pay, but then they have to turn around and give some of it back to operate the classroom. It'd be like, uh, you know, you at the radio station. They said, well, you can you can be here. We're going to pay you $30 a week, but I need 10 of it back at the end of the week. <laughs> doesn't it doesn't make sense. Make, no, it doesn't make good sense. So that's the main thing I'm hearing from the teachers is, you know, they just need more operating money, you know, to supply their classrooms. And, and you know, I'm sure they'd like to have more pay too. Uh, but Tennessee, 
you know, as a whole, pays our teachers pretty decent. I mean, there's always room for improvement, always. But the main thing I'm hearing from them is, uh, you know, they'd like to have a little more money when it comes to the money end of it, you know, to operate the classroom. How about accountability as it relates to education? Everybody points to test scores, but at the same time, you hear from a lot of educators that that's all we do all year is just focus on these tests. Where do you come down on that? Well, I think um, we need to work on that strongly. Uh, the teachers can't teach anymore. They teach to pass a test. And uh, I hear that. Uh, I had a town hall in uh, Warren County with teachers, and that was the main concern they had. And as I went across the district and talked to teachers from Grundy County, Warren, and White, when I asked them, you know, as far as it, the education end of it, that's the first thing that comes out of their mouth is the testing needs to change. Uh, and I agree with them. Uh, you can't teach a kid, uh, you know, the basic stuff if you're teaching them to pass a test. And uh, they, I, I just think the kids are missing out. But it's not the teacher's fault because they're mandated by the state and the federal government, you know, to do this. So I think uh, I think the federal government needs to bow out and let Tennessee teach our kids the way we think they need to be taught. Uh, that's just my opinion, mind you. <laughs> White County has been a, a real leader in terms of workforce development, especially at the high school level, in preparing young people with different opportunities. Uh, are there some lessons there that uh, can be shared with uh, the other communities across the state and the legislature to fund? Yes, I definitely think so. I sat on the advisory committee for our vocational school here in White County, and um, Tim Tim and them, Tim Mackey is the director, and they they have really brought that school, you know, up, up, up. And uh, But there's room for more, always more. But that's the thing about what's making White County stand out is that that bunch of people that's running that school, they're, they're not happy just with where it's at. They want it better and better and better. But, Tim, uh, how I got into this uh, years ago, Tim uh, called me and they had done away with the welding program. And, of course, welding's near and dear to my heart. That's what makes our living or a big part of it here at our shop. Uh, and uh, they had done away with it, and he just wanted help getting it back in there. And that's how I become, you know, to be on his committee or his uh, board. It's not really a board. It's just an advisory committee. But um, he, is, he has really strived hard and I think the rest of the state could look at what they've done and, and get a good lesson from them. But that being said, we can always do more, and I think we need to do more. We need to teach kids how to work with their hands. And when we do that, we give them a tool. No different than a hammer, a wrench, or a saw. If you give that kid an education on how to work with his hands, him or her, then if she wants to go, or he does, on to college, they have a way to earn money to do it. And uh, so I, I, the vocation is near and dear to my heart. Bobby Robinson is a candidate in the Tennessee House in District 43. That leads us into in trying to increase business and opportunities in the communities. People talk about that all the time, but what role in your mind does the legislature and particularly a legislator like you want to be, what role do you play in trying to encourage that? Well, I think uh, first as a, as a Christian, I think it's our duty to teach these kids and give them an opportunity, you know, 
to go out and have jobs. Um, everybody can't go to college, so the vocation, as I said, is near and dear to my heart. But as a legislator, I think there could be more done to help finance-wise, you know, for the programs at the high school level to give those kids a head start to go into, you know, a TCAP program uh, or a Motlow program. My son is a graduate of the Megatronics program at Motlow, which is a hands-on, you know, kind of like a vocational course. Uh, with schooling, it's an associate's degree, but that give him the opportunity to go to work in a factory, and he makes more money than I do. So, uh, but I think the state could do a little more on the vocational end and make legislation to where it's easier for them to do it and more funding for them. What role do legislators play in trying to increase the number of businesses and uh, and opportunities for citizens' economic development? Well, um, I think the government needs to be smaller in that aspect and make it easier, you know, tax base wise, uh, to get those small businesses in there. And and the small business person, uh, time they pay their employee tax and their insurance and then the state tax and you know or the government tax, let's say, you know, it, it just sometimes it's hard on them. So uh, there could be help a lot more help for the small business people in the area through legislation. I mean, I could talk about it for hours, but uh, they could do a lot more for them, definitely. Insurance-wise, uh, that's something the state really needs to work on is making health care more affordable to small business people. And way the way the mandates are on the insurance through the state and the federal, it's hard, you know, for a small business person uh, you know, to provide insurance for their employees or do anything, even their self for that matter, that's affordable. So I think, you know, legislation could be put in place to help with that, and I think that would help grow small business in Tennessee. The district that you represent, uh, tourism has become quite an industry uh, in, in all three communities. Uh, yes. Is that something that can continue to grow? Oh, Definitely. And out of the the district, uh, Grundy County has the most opportunity. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to shortfall White County or Putnam, or not Putnam, but Warren. Uh, but Grundy has the mountain and, you know, and the gorge and all the stuff and Stone Door. And they need infrastructure up there. They, they need infrastructure and roads. Their roads are, uh, of course, going up and down that mountain. The roads are falling off the mountain, so... Uh, there's a lot of things the state could do to help them, you know, to get that tourism dollar up there. And, and the same could go for White County and Warren County, too. But out of the district, uh, Grundy County needs the most help with a tourism dollar. Uh, they they have, that's the prettiest place I've ever been in my life. Of course, I'm, I've been taking Boy Scouts up there, or I have, we have, our troop has, for 20-plus years. And I've never took a kid up there yet that just didn't come back and talk about it for a year. So uh, the tourism uh, needs to be worked on, you know, in the district as a whole. Uh, the state could do more, you know, as far as uh, the uh, parks and stuff, keeping them up a little better. Uh, of course, now with the COVID, you know, we're going to be in a shortfall budget-wise, so things will just have to get done as we can do them. To that point, uh, as a business owner yourself, how do you try to look at 
budgetary decisions and, and trying to best use the money in your business? And how does that correlate to trying to use the state's money in the best way possible? Well, um, we've been in business here since 88, me and my wife have. Uh, and we've been through some ups and downs, as you know, economy-wise. In '09, we were down 75% of our business. So we, uh, as old saying goes, we do poor real well. We're very conservative-minded people, and a business, especially a small business owner in these times, has to be very conservative-minded. And I think um, making payroll, we've made a payroll, you know, for 30-plus years. Even through the downturn, we've kept all of our employees. And I think that learning and, and that experience will help me make better decisions you know, as a legislator, to help small businesses in our community and the state as far as a budget goes. Because uh, when the money gets tight, you have to pinch the penny, as the old saying goes. To that degree, there's also the issue of teamwork. And you're working with a lot of diverse voices. You're trying to bring the voice to this area with people from Nashville or Memphis or, or Chattanooga, bigger yeah. communities. How do, you, how do you try to work together to get things done? Well, the main thing you have to do is be straight up and honest with, you know, anybody that's looking to come and help. Uh, you just have to be straightforward as you can and give them your expectations and, and learn what theirs are, and, uh, and then you can work together as a team to make that happen. Uh, that's what we teach our Boy Scouts. You know, it's not one person. It's the whole group that accomplishes something. And you just have to work with people. And, of course, I've worked in a lot of different jobs through the years and uh, had to learn how to work with people uh, as I grew up. And uh, I, I do that very well. I'm not trying to brag on myself, but I can, I can work with about anybody. And, and as a team, you can always accomplish tenfold more. Bobby Robinson, Paul Sherrill, Jerry Lowry running for District 43 in the Tennessee House of Representatives. There is one contested seat up for grabs tomorrow night on the White County School Board. Meet the Candidates continues from Light Rock 95.9 and News Talk 94.1. That race will take place in District 1, where Diana Haston goes against Dave Haney. Dave Haney, why did you make the decision to run for the White County School Board? Having gone to school here in Lane County, getting my start here on my uh, the beginning of my career, uh, it was important to me to give something back to the community. Uh, I've gone on, gotten my education through my master's degree in adult education, and now it's time to pay back the community that gave me my start. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, I am a Navy veteran. Uh, I'm married. I have two stepchildren, live in Sparta, of course, and uh, I am a director of admissions, college director of admissions. And so I get a chance to I get a chance to see the, the kids as they come out of school. And uh, so I just decided to I decided to try and put my education to use in my community. So you see the product on the back end. How do you feel about the quality of the education that White County students are getting right now? I see, I see some very bright spots in, in the students that I interview and my team interviews 
from the White County area, but I also see areas of opportunity in making sure that uh, that there's better preparation uh, for life, uh, you know, and, and moving on to that next level of school for them. What are some of the opportunities that you see? Well, one of the key opportunities is... Um, just making sure that that the fundamentals are the fundamentals are there uh and and life skills basic life skills are there i feel like we can do a better job as uh as parents as teachers you know as a group for the kids to better prepare them for just the basic life skills that that come along i i feel like there's a there's a gap there and we can do better you're talking beyond English and math, but just kind of the basic skills of living? Well, it starts with the English and math and your sciences, you know, the basics there, but also things like home economics, knowing how to balance a checkbook. Uh, we don't see a lot of that in our school systems anymore, and and I feel like we're missing that. Dave Haney is with us. In your work, you're obviously preparing that next generation for careers. How do you believe the White County schools are doing in terms of workforce development? I feel like we've made a lot of strides in recent years um, with the different vocational programs and in our tracks, such as you know medical tracks, things like that. Uh, I, I do feel like we're doing doing a pretty good job there. Uh, of course, there's always you know room for growth and and development there potentially bringing in, uh, you know, guest speakers and, and people from the industry. I'd like to see more people from the different industries come in and speak with the kids and get them excited about going into a career. What do you see the role of the school board as being in the process of education? I see the school board as the glue that holds, uh, that holds the education system together. And what I mean by that is, um the the parents the teachers the community all have to be involved in order to to help our kids be successful to motivate them to go out and want to contribute to their community and the and the surrounding communities i feel like we have a disconnect uh between our between our school board and our teachers and our parents, and I'd like to I'd like to try and bridge that gap. I think that the school board can do better in representing all of the all the citizens of White County. Dave Haney is a candidate for the White County School Board in District One. Where do you think that disconnect happens? I think it's a communication issue to start with. Um, there's you know there's many different ways that that that, that can crumble. Um, you know, with curriculum selections and and everything else. But, you know, the main thing is in, in repairing this is just communication. We've got to we've got to open the lines of communication. I've gotten feedback from many parents in my district as I've been out and talking with them and received phone calls and messages that they just they want to know what's going on with the school system. They want to know why the decisions are being made that are being made. And they want to be able to be a part of that because these are their children. As you visit with people, are are you hearing, other than the communication, are you hearing common concerns? Are you hearing common things that people want to see the school system work on? 
I am uh, one of the one of the key areas specifically is uh, is our special needs children. Um, the parents of special needs children are very frustrated uh, in the in the level of preparation and and how their children, uh, you know, are prepared for the next level. Uh, again, that that comes back to communication as well. I feel like if we can communicate better, make sure that our teachers have the training that they need and the administrators as well, then these children will, you know, will be given a chance to be successful in their lives. And we see that special needs population growing seemingly every year. It is. It is. It's, uh, you know, with better medical care, more people are seeing seeing doctors now than have ever done so. Um, you know, traditionally in a, in a smaller community, you have a, you have a large selection of people that rarely ever get to see doctors. So there's more, you know, diagnoses going on. And with that, you know, you're going to uncover some of the, some of the developmental needs of these children. Dave Haney, how would you describe your leadership style? My leadership style is roll up your sleeves. I'm very, very much involved uh, as a director, you know, doing what I do now. I, I, I'm very, very involved with my team. There's not anything that, that I would ask them to do that I haven't done or wouldn't roll up my sleeves and do today. I'm going to bring that same attitude to the White County school system and roll up my sleeves, jump in, and, and try to give back to this community and better this school system. What is your message to those voters who will go to the polls to cast their ballot of why they should consider you? My message to them is that the, the longer that we continue to do things exactly the same, the, the less that we will grow and the further that we will get from those uh, from those plateaus that we would like to reach as far as, you know, positive markers for our school system. So a vote for me is a vote for change. It's a vote for oversight. It's a vote for the kids that are going to be attending these schools this fall. Dave Haney, one of the candidates for the White County School Board, he would potentially represent District 1. Dave, thank you for being a part of Meet the Candidates. We appreciate that. You're very welcome. Six candidates are vying for the unexpired term of the Jackson County Clerk as we go to the polls tomorrow. Meet the Candidates continues. One of those is Brandy Lambert. Brandy Lambert, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. What made you decide to run for the county clerk's office? Um, I've been in my current job for like 20 years, and don't get me wrong, I love it. But I drive 30 minutes one way, so it'd be closer to home. Plus, I would get to be with people that I've become more familiar with where I've coached sports and stuff here, and it would just be better for me and my family. What is it about the job that appeals to you? Um, Mainly the people. Um, I really enjoy working with the public. And um, I like seeing people, and it'd be different people all the time. And it's just something new every day. And plus, it's a new experience. And I'm not one to shy away from learning something new. I'm sure as you have talked to people that uh, people are are fed up uh, with what's gone on in the clerk's office over the last several years. 
has that weighed on you as you've gone through this campaign? Um, no, not really. I mean, that's not a concern that I have. I mean, people have made mistakes and they'll pay for their mistakes. Um, all I can do is go in there, be the honest person I know I am, and just try to get some respect back for that office. The respect starts, I guess, with building a good team and making sure that there's accountability. How do you how do you try to do yeah. that? Um, you have to make sure you hire honest people. Um, you have to make sure that you pay attention to everything because if you're in charge of that office, it's your responsibility. So you need to know what is going on at all times. Um, training is a major thing. You all need to know what you're doing. If you don't know what you're doing, you need to know who to call to find out or how to fix something if you make a mistake. I mean, training is a big thing with that. Um, You have to just have some clue as to what you're doing and not just say, hey, I've got this job and I'm going to let everybody else run it and I'm just going to sit back and watch. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. If you're going to run an office, you have to be the one to make sure that that office is being run right. Where does your leadership experience come from? Where where have you been leader a leader before? Um, I worked at a job once before where I filled in as a team leader, actually. Um, and you have people asking you questions constantly and looking for you, uh, looking to you for guidance and. Then I've also, like, coaching sports. I've coached soccer, baseball. I've coached basketball. um, And I love it all. Um, I mean, you have to lead people and treat people right to get the respect you deserve. Coaching is a good word for really anything, whether you're leading uh, a team at a a company or or leading a team, in this case, in in government. Mm -hmm, Exactly. You really have to know how to talk to people you have to know how to motivate them. Um, you have to respect is a big thing. You have to respect the people that come into that office. You have to treat them with respect. Um, you just have to know who you're working with and make sure that you are taking care of the people of the county because they're the ones that are putting you in that office. Brandy Lambert is running for the Jackson County Clerk's Office. It's an office that requires a focus on details and and getting every T crossed and I dotted. Uh, Is that a strength of yours? It is. I do not like to do anything halfway, uh, and I'm sorry to say this, and I don't mean this to sound bad, but I don't like people that just halfway do crap. It's like if you're not going to give your 150%, then you don't need to be doing whatever it is you're doing. So... To me, you do it right, you pay attention to the details, and you won't have to redo it. You won't have to fix anything. There won't be a mistake. I mean, you're going to make mistakes from time to time, but if you truly pay attention to what you're doing and focus on what has to be done, it'll all work out. At its root, this is also a customer service job. So, what are the things that you feel like are important to those people that walk in that office and take care of the county business they have? Um, the foremost is 
like I said before, treating them with respect. You've got to be polite. It doesn't matter if you're having the worst day in the world. You are still there to serve the people. So you have to greet them with a smile. You help them in any way you can. You answer their questions. You just try to make them feel like they're at home, more or less, when they sit down to get their tags or if they're getting married, then, you know, it's a great day for them. So you have to treat them like they're actual human beings just like you are. Because if you mistreat people, I mean, you're just asking to be mistreated yourself. So taking care of the people and treating them with respect is the most important thing. You're also working with other county staff. You're working with the county commissioners. You're working with the mayor. Uh, Those relationships important in that way as well, I guess? They are. They are. Uh, You're going to always need help from the other offices, or they're going to need help from you. And as long as you establish a good relationship with them, and especially the mayor, I mean, he has influence over every office in in that building. So good relationships with all the other county offices, will help you to do a better job and plus they have been there so they know what you're going through and what you're experiencing whether they know what kind of job you're doing doesn't matter they know what it's like to deal with the public and to take care of the needs of everyone else around you randy i can tell through your voice that you have a passion for this community and making sure that this office is doing the right thing. Am I reading that right? Yes, sir, you are. Um, I have loved living here. I grew. I was born and raised, grew up in Smith County. Um, I graduated Smith County High School, but now I've lived in Gainesboro for 19 years, um, and I love it here. I mean, I, I love the people. I love the, the county's beautiful. Um, but just the experiences I've had with, like I said, with the coaching sports and, and watching, I have three stepsons and seeing them go through school. And then my son that uh, lives here at home with us, he's about to be in seventh grade. So, yes, I love this community, and it's been good to us so far, and I, I hope to do the same for it. So finally, and this is not about making a campaign promise, that's not the question, but the question is what – what are people getting if they mark Brandy Lambert on their on their ballot Thursday? Um, mainly, they're getting honesty, um, hard work, because that's, like I said, I don't do anything halfway. Um, I will do everything I can to get the respect back in that office that it deserves. So, I mean, honesty, respect, and just hard work is what I plan on bringing to the office. The race for Jackson County Clerk. We welcome Clara Miller to the microphones. It's something that I've already always been interested in. Um, the clerk's office is um, an elected position that really intrigues me. Um, my fiance and I, we own a used car lot and salvage yard, and um, I do a lot of state paperwork, and so I, I just enjoy that type of work. What is it about it that you enjoy? Well, I I enjoy working with people, number one, and helping them. I also enjoy doing, like, all the state paperwork. Um, it's just, that kind of stuff is just, it's something that I love, I, I love doing. Um, and I've 
I've wanted to watch since Tony and I have worked together. And I don't know, I just doing all that state paperwork, working with people, working with the public. It's just something that I really enjoy doing. At its heart, is the role of the clerk a service job to, to serve the people of the community? Oh, I believe absolutely that it is. I believe it's absolutely, um, when people come in there and they need to title a vehicle, um, sometimes they come in there not knowing what they're supposed to do or what it entails. Maybe um, a young teenager is getting their first vehicle and, you know, just being able to help people, help them, you know, get their vehicles on the road. Sometimes it's the first vehicle that somebody's ever bought with their own money. And so I feel like, you know, it is doing a service to the citizens of Jackson County. With all that has gone on in the history that is there, do you feel pressure to come in and make sure that things are done correctly? Well, you know, of course, anybody that would walk into to the Jackson County Clerk's office right now with the history that has went on, um, people joke around that it is the cursed office. But um, I know that I have the knowledge and the skills and the ability um, and the honesty to go into that office and to run that office like it needs to be ran to make for sure that the monies in that office go to where they need to go to. Um, of course, anybody would be a little bit nervous about going into an office that has had the history that this office has had. But, you know, I honestly believe that I have what it takes and that I can do it. As you have talked to folks around the community, your neighbors and, and those that uh, have you've communicated with about the office, uh, I, I have to believe that that is the overriding concern is let's just get this run the right way and not have any more issues. Yes, sir. Absolutely. It is. You know, most people that I talk to, the first thing they say is, don't you dare think that you can take the taxpayer's dollars. And um, you better be honest. And honestly, the citizens of Jackson County, I mean, I'm not, I have no loss to tell the citizens of Jackson County right now kind of have a, a, a little bit of um, sour toward that office, for a lack of better terms, you know, because of what the history that has taken place in that office. And, and naturally, as a citizen of Jackson County and as some, as a citizen who puts a lot of my taxpayer dollars into that office, that was a lot of the reason why I ran, because I'm putting money into that office. My fiance's put money into that office. Like I said, we run a used car lot. It's a small car lot. We don't so many cars out in a year. But still, like, that's our money that goes into that office, you know, tagging vehicles or business license, um, our dealer license, the license plates that go on our personal vehicles. We put a lot of money into that. And as a citizen of Jackson County, I knew that I wanted somebody in there who could do the job and who would be honest. Clara Miller is with us. She is one of those running for the Jackson County Clerk's Office. You mentioned your background with, with the car lot and, and filling out the paperwork and getting the details right and and all of that is um, – uh, 
I would imagine you have learned a lot about the requirements and getting the things exactly right during the course of this work that you've done in your own business. Absolutely. Yes, I have. And, you know, I know how important it is to be very detailed and very strategic. I know how um, these state regulations and the rules that the state have when it comes to toddling vehicles or issuing business license or renewing business license. The Department of Revenue is it, it, its a huge department in the state of Tennessee, and things have to be very particular. And I know exactly what that entails because I've had hands-on experience with them. You're also leading a group uh, there in the clerk's office. So what's key in your mind to working with other people and building teamwork? Oh, let me tell you something. I have had a talk with um, with Brandon Stafford, who is like the intern um, clerk right now. He's also running. And, you know, Brandon's a great guy. And I've told him, you know, you don't have to worry about it. I know that he was in that office, but let me tell you something. He He's a very friendly guy, and he knows a lot, too, and he, he's very knowledgeable. And I think that's key. That's key to running a good, well-managed, well-maintained office is to have people who work for you, who know what the job entails, who have experience in that office, and who are willing to work with you as a team. And that, that is number one to me, is, is so that I have people in that office who we can all work together. And teamwork, teamwork is the key to any successful job, business, office, whatever. Claire, how important, too, uh, in this role to be accountable to the county executive, to the county commissioners? Oh, it, you know, it, it, it's very important. I mean, like, um, as most people know, a county clerk is kind of the, the uh, records keeper in county commission meetings. Uh, they keep the minutes and they call rolls and things like that. And so I think that it, it's very important to to maintain a good relationship with all the county executives, the county commissioners, I, I think it's very important. And I know several county commissioners myself. Um, my stepfather is a county commissioner in the 3rd District in Jackson County. Finally, Clara, if someone goes to the poll on Thursday and they cast their ballot your way, what is it that you want them to know about you? I want them to know that I will wholeheartedly serve the citizens of Jackson County with honesty, with integrity. I'll be loyal to the citizens of Jackson County, and I will be committed to making for sure that that office runs in a professional, friendly, and clean manner, and that they are making the right decisions. Clara Miller, one of those running for county clerk in Jackson County. Clara, thanks so much for joining us, and good luck Thursday. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Emily Trisdale is another candidate for Jackson County Clerk. Emily, what led you to seek this position in, as the Jackson County Clerk of Court? Um, I am seeking the, um, the Jackson County Clerk position uh, because I am um, obviously a resident here in Jackson County. I'm raising a family here, and the county clerk... Uh, 
has a very important responsibility of collecting taxes that um, go to fund important county operations. And um, raising a family here, I want the most success and growth for the county um, to be available um, not only to myself and my family, but the other citizens of Jackson County as well. Um, with my education and work experience, um, I feel like uh, I could be a great clerk, um, capable and successful, and in turn help provide those important taxes that our county needs um, in such a vital way. What are you? Th- what do you think are the most important characteristics of the of the clerk position? Well, utmost honesty um, for one. Uh, we need someone who uh, has uh, a personal investment, as kind of like I do. You know, you you want good things for the county. It, it's good for you. So that's going to make you honest. Um, and you also need someone with good customer service skills. We have. Uh, that, that's a that's a service job. We're serving the citizens of our county who voted to put um, that person in that position. So I would like, I want everyone, if I get it, to feel welcomed. I want them to feel comfortable coming to me with any questions or issues, and I want to serve everyone to the best of my abilities. Um, so I think those are two very important things, honesty um, and, and good with people. You know, we, we want it to be a welcoming environment in there for sure. Would you share with us a little bit about your background? Uh, Yes. So I graduated Jackson County High School in 2009. Then I attended Tennessee Tech University, where I received a degree in interdisciplinary studies, um, with which I focused in business management. I also uh, managed a doctor's office in Cookville, Tennessee, for about eight years. Um, I do have two little girls, and when the youngest was born, I decided to stay home with both of them. They are now four and almost two. Um, but with the baby turning two and the four-year-old about to start preschool, I'm ready to get back to work. So um, that is why I decided to run. As you have talked to people, you know, how much has the history that we all know about with the clerk of court's office, how much has that uh, swayed people to, to really try to get into what you're all about and, and, and your ability to serve in that role? You think it's made it even more important than normal? Oh, I definitely believe so. I um, At least 80% of the people I have talked to have um, have brought up the history and things that have happened, and they wanted to know, um, you know, what my plans were. Um, obviously, am, am I honest? Am I hardworking? Am I um, willing to put in the work to fix it and and then keep it keep it running smoothly? And I, I am, and I feel like I'm capable of doing that. But I do think that has been... Um, a definite factor just based off of the number of people who who definitely bring it up when you go to speak to them about the campaign and the election and everything. Your work in the medical office, that that strikes me as a as another area where there are lots of rules and procedures and every T has to be crossed and every I has to be dotted in terms of getting payments and those types of things. Does that help you uh, in this particular uh, role if, if you are to become clerk? Oh, I certainly believe so. Um, like you said, there are a lot of rules, especially when you're talking about dealing with insurances, and um, and then you have to explain to patients. Uh, I know in that that position, sometimes people don't fully understand the way their their insurance works, and so when you bill and and they owe an amount of money, they don't understand why, um, or you know sometimes they find an error and you have to fix it. So um, that has definitely taught me to read all the fine print, double check all of my work. Um, 
and then keep very good notes. You know, I, I like to leave a, a, a paper trail of everything that I do um, based off of what I've learned from that office because I always need something to refer back to. It makes it so much easier to catch up with things or go back and check something, um, something different that might be related, um, which I think will definitely cross over into this office um, as it's going to be important to stay on top of things make sure you're doing everything um, correctly and then having a paper trail and having a system where others in the office can kind of check each other as well. I think that's going to be really important to keep everyone accountable and, um, and, and, and successfully run the office. Emily Trisdale is one of those running for the Jackson County clerk of court office to that point of accountability. How would you describe your skills as a leader? I think I have pretty good leader skills. I, um, I, I played sports all growing up, um, and I was very active in them. And, of course, those are group settings. I was put in a lot of um, different positions in traveling sports and things where um, you have to work with others. Uh, someone has to step up and be a leader, and there were definitely times where I had to do that. And then in the office that I ran um, in Cookville, I definitely had to be the leader there as far as um, – dealing with patients and working with others in the office, the doctor and um, his wife and, and others there to, um, <clears throat> you know, make sure I was doing what I needed to do as well as helping set up good procedures um, so that the office was run in a, in a good way. And you need to be able to do that in a way that you can talk to other people, be open-minded, um, hear feedback, take criticism, use it to make yourself better, um, which is all things that I went through, um, you know, growing up and then working, and I think um, will definitely help me as far as if I get the, the county clerk position. What has this been like, kind of putting yourself out there and, and running for office? Uh, it's been interesting. <laughs> uh, honestly, most people have been very, very kind to me. Um, a few people have called with some uh, uh, odd, I guess, really one or two um, calls have been uh, given to me, like with, with odd demands for my vote, things like that. Just, um, But I, I think that's to be expected. And um, I, it was nothing from another candidate. I think some people um, are just emotional, like you said, due to the history of this position about this, um, about this particular election um, and office. So people are, they, they really want to know they're going to put in a good person. And sometimes that can be, um, come across in kind of a, a rough way. Uh, but like I said, 99.9% have been wonderful. The other candidates are super nice. Um, we all are really good to each other. No one's been negative. Um, nothing's been negative between us. And so I'm very thankful for that. I, I think it's gone very well o overall so far. Finally, Emily, if someone cast a ballot for you on Thursday, what are they going to get as a clerk of court? They are going to get an honest, hardworking person who truly has the good of Jackson County at the heart um, of their work and in their best interest. That's all I want is good things for the county because, like I said, we're my husband and I are here forever raising young children here, and we want this county to offer our kids something um, that kids in surrounding counties get, and maybe one day they'll choose to live here with us, you know, as adults as well. Um, that, that's the goal in mind is making this an attractive place for others, um, lead to some good growth, and, 
and be able to raise our, our children in a, in a county that um, best serves them and is good for them and leads to good things for everyone. Emily Trisdale, one of those running for the Jackson County Clerk of Court. Emily, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Mary Crowder, Pamela Kilman, Brandy Lambert, Clara Miller, Brandon Stafford, Emily Trisdale. Running for Jackson County Clerk tomorrow night. Let's head to Allgood, where Ronald Graves is one of the candidates for the Allgood City Council. Ronald Graves, why do you want to be a part of city government? Well, I have uh, never attempted anything like this before, but I uh, moved to Allgood three years ago, and I've watched the city change from a small town atmosphere to a little larger town atmosphere that's better run, more professionally run. And I think at uh, this stage of my life, or I'm retired, that I have something to offer to the city. Um, I think I have a niche that they don't cover right now. Can you share with us a little bit about your background? Yeah, I... um, Born in West Tennessee, went to school at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, and then worked a full career at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory as a research person. Retired, and then started my own business, ran it for 17 years. So I I have a technical background in uh, heat transfer and uh, that discipline, and my own business that I ran dealt with uh, manufacturers of building materials. <clears throat> how does operating okay. your own business, how does that help you coming into, into government and trying to operate it as a business? <clears throat> well, um, like I said, I had two experiences. One at Oak Ridge, I worked for the government under a private contractor. And my private business, I was uh, a co-owner in it, and I had to deal with employees. I had to uh, market the business pretty well myself. And so I think I gained a lot of experience of dealing with people, all, all levels of people. We, we uh, Our small business actually reached people around the world. And I've been to lots of major conferences and give talks in, in uh, Europe and uh, the U.S. And we did a lot of consulting with uh, legal firms and building insulation type problems. So I, it's really it really made me reach out to people, and I think that that's one of the uh, one of the things that would help me if I were to be able to um, be elected to the council. A big part of council work, a big part of owning a business, is is making a decision. How do you right. analyze the facts and try to make the best decision possible? Well, I try to listen to people uh, to get a feel of what they want. Sometimes uh, that may not be, you know, in the uh, most popular thing that what some people want. But I try to listen to what the various individuals say. I listen to the presentations that might be made, the arguments, and uh, I have been attending the uh, work sessions and the council meetings and all good for the last two years as a distant observer. And I, I watch the uh, 
you know, I watch what they're doing and I watch how they make their decisions. And I, I think they have done better than historically they have done, but I think I could bring a technical side of the discussion and into things that are trying to be uh, implemented. Ronald Graves is with us. He's one of the candidates for the All Good Council. Obviously, it has been a different election than uh, anyone can remember. But as you have tried to talk to people and, and, and kind of canvass the voters, what are the things that they're saying to you? What are the things that they are most concerned about as it relates to All Good? Well, one of the things that I hear over and over is it seems that we can't make things happen as quickly as most people think they should. And I don't know that myself or if anyone else could move the pace, but uh, there are a number of projects that are, you know, that people have on their mind, like the, uh, the, the farmer's market's a big issue and all good. Most people want it, and they want it to happen now. And it's uh, the pace has been rather slow, but I think the city is doing the best they can right now. And the the traffic is becoming an issue. Uh, I live in Brookside Subdivision, right off of Dry Valley Road, and it's uh, beginning to look like big city traffic part of the time. The speeds are increasing. Uh, the volume of traffic is increasing. and But uh, people say something to me every time I talk to someone. They mention the traffic and they mention the projects that are moving too slow for most people. Like what happened to the sewer systems? What happened to the water line? Um, they these things are in ongoing. You know, there are being things are being done, but uh, the people that I talk to or uh, would like to see things completed, uh, all good's really doing pretty good right now. I think, but I think I can bring a a, a little bit of a different approach to what the other folks are, are have brought to the table. I guess some of that also goes to the area of communication and making sure that you're telling people uh, what's going on or what the holdup is or where you are in in the steps. Of, some of these things are complicated, and they do take a lot of steps, but letting people know that. Yes. Um, and, and one of the things that I'm noticing right now is I lived in – I've been in Putnam County for 22 years, but I lived in Cookville until about three years ago, and then I moved to Allgood. But uh, one of the things I'm noticing now is if you don't go to the to the work sessions or the council meetings, you don't really, most people really don't get information. Uh, paper coming out on Wednesday and uh, Friday and Saturday uh, has uh, limited what people know. And uh, I keep, people keep asking, where do we find their, where do we get our source of information? A lot of the older people don't use uh internet and telephones you know like the younger ones too so you know you talk to them and they don't know what's happening so that's that's a that's a missing link in a sense if someone casts their ballot for you on thursday what will they be getting as a council member what will they be getting as a councilman they'd be getting a, a fellow that's retired and has plenty of time to devote to the job they would be getting uh, any technical expertise that I could bring from my background in engineering and, and my background in running my own private business. And I think right now the council has uh, a lawyer, uh, a 
highway patrolman and a couple of other people that have grown up in in the city, but you know, different backgrounds. But uh, they have no one on the council that has the background that I have, and I think I can use that to help the city. That's my total. That's my objective. You know, I I like all good. I like living here, and I'm willing to put time in to try to make the community better. Ronald Gray is one of the candidates running for All Good Council as we head to the polls on Thursday. Ronald, thanks for your time. Thanks for putting your name in the hat, and we appreciate uh, you joining us on Meet the Candidates. Thank you. James Foster, why do you want to continue as a member of the Monterey Board of Aldermen? Well, well, because I want to make Monterey better and work with the people and the kids and the town of Monterey that's why I want to make Monterey better and be a real good town and people can come and visit us and want to stay and live. Are there a couple of things that you are most proud of that the, the board has been able to accomplish? Oh, yeah. Well, these, uh, I can name a lot, but I'll name uh, the streets have been paved. Some of the streets have been paved. We've We've uh, got a lot of stuff going on and still got uh, restaurants opening and stuff like that. We've we've, uh, accomplished quite a bit and everything. How important is it to try to encourage more commercial development and retailers to come to Monterey? Well, we need to to, uh, work together. We don't need all this arguing and bickering and stuff and backbiting. We need to work together. That's what it's all about. And I'm not for backbiting and all this other stuff. I, I'm gonna. I'm a honest and truly, and and I would like to see Monterey be uh, real good and everything. A lot of people come and see and really just live here. When you look at. Uh just how you try to lead in that. What what are the things that you try to do to make sure that there is that positive environment where the focus is on bettering the community? Well, we can we can do a lot of things. We we can do uh, bring in new businesses and bring in sewer systems and stuff that affect and and bring in people that wants to live here and love the town and and we we just need to. Uh, like I say, work together and accomplish a lot of stuff. But we're, we're going to accomplish more down through the years. What do you hear from people, James Foster, about the things that concern them about uh, living in Monterey and the things that the that the town needs to address? Well, it's, uh, it's it could be a lot of things. It could be... Uh, Better, uh, better streets, better eating places, and things like that. And we need something for the kids to do or not, and sit out roaming the streets and and staying home and stuff. And for the parents to have something to do, and we need to uh, make Monterey. A real good town. It's been a good town. We need we need to better it. We need to try to work together. I mean, this thing, and we need to 
all of us on the board of aldermen work together and quit arguing between us, and some of them do, like some of them do, and we just need to do these things. You mentioned giving kids things to do. Are you pleased with some of the things that have developed around Whitaker Park and uh, Meadow Creek Park? Yes, I am. And, but we see, we have T-ball and coach beat seasons up here, but we didn't get to play this year. We're not going to get to play. And we need to do more things for the kids and have more things to do for the kids. And, and uh, see, I've been coaching for 27 years, and that's what my heart wants me to do. And I, now that's what I want to do, and I love it and enjoy it. And we need things to do for the kids and the senior citizens. James Foster is one of those running for the Monterey Board of Aldermen. What led you to uh, to go down this road of service? Well, I like the town. I love the town. I live. I've been living in this town for all my life, and I love everybody here. And I appreciate everybody here. And I believe everybody likes me and loves me, and I'm dedicated to the town, and I want to see it do better and better and better and bring things in that we need to bring in and be honest about it and everything and try to build it up to make it better, and I believe we can with the ones we got in there and the ones that we need to get in there and stuff, but some of them, some of them will, you know, go against you and stuff. But we need to build this town up and things, and um, we need to um, all work together. We don't need to just bigger and fussing and and then say somebody say, "Well, I can do better than this, and I can do better than him." Well, if they can, they need to run for Alderman or, you know, anything else. Do people understand uh, the time and effort it takes to be an Alderman? Well, some do and some don't. It um, it takes a lot of it takes a lot of time and effort, and you got to be patient. And one thing you got to pray about these things. And a lot of people, they don't do that, and they got to be patient. James Foster running for the Monterey Board of Aldermen Thursday. James, thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Joe Sherrill, thank you for being with us. Thank you for, for the invitation and the interview. Why do you want to be a member of the Cumberland County Commissioners? So... One of my main reasons for wanting to actually become a member of the county commission is uh, to help learn the process of government and try to make it more efficient so that we can build teams and, and grow the county effectively. For those that don't know you, could you share with us a little bit about uh, your life story, I guess? Well, I've got deep roots in Cumberland County. My father was raised here, uh, moved off into the Air Force, uh, so we wandered about the country for uh, the early part of my life, but uh, by the time I was in high school, we had moved back here and uh, stretched out the family roots and learned the process of, of the different people and, and cultures. So uh, 
I've been here ever since. I went to the University of Tennessee, uh, married my wife, Leanne, uh, out of uh, Knoxville. And then uh, two boys, uh, both who are in the medical field and um, are uh, practicing in different places. As you talk to people uh, across the county and, and, and find out the things that uh, are of concern to them, what are some of the things you hear most often of things that need to be addressed? Generally speaking, it's going to be there's desires that go beyond the money. So you have to find that balance. In terms of specific things, uh, a lot of times they'll, they'll come to the commissioner asking about roads. Of course, our job is uh, more in financial planning, so we have to talk to the road commissioner. Uh, we have um, the cultural and social issues around things like what do we, what do we think about COVID or what do we think about um, too much noise out in, the, out in a particular area. But by and large, there's, uh, there's two main issues, financial and social, that we deal with routinely. Do you feel as though the, the commissioners are running a fiscally sound county? I do. Uh, this particular brand, I've been attending and participating in, in government for a number of different years uh, and was officially appointed to this commissioner position about a year ago by Wendell Wilson and the actual full commission. And then, let's say five or six years ago, it seemed like the commission was a little bit less efficient as a team. This uh, last year and a half, I've noticed that working with them, they've really consolidated, become a great team, and they're doing a good job for the process of government. They're, they're doing quite well. How important is that? I mean, you obviously want you know divergent views and people to express what they want, but at the same time, you have to work together as a team to move the county forward. Right. And I'm very comfortable that this commission that we have now <clears throat> works very well as a team. We, we uh, are accomplishing all the requirements that come out of the state. We're actually growing the economy. And so I'm very pleased to work with this set of commissioners. In terms of uh, the fiscal responsibility, how do you approach decision-making about, you know, someone brings something forward and we want this and here's how much it's going to cost. How do you try to evaluate those types of things? Well, there's, there's state requirements and set minimum mandates, and then there's the, let's call it the portion that the county can manage. So for the portion of the funding that comes from the state that the county can manage, uh, the commission will Work. All 18 commissioners have to work together to decide whether or not a particular district needs something uh, or is the county as a whole. So we do work as a team uh, to really manage the, the portion that we have some say in. A lot of it is directed by the states. You represent a district, but at the same time you're trying to help the whole county move forward. Is there, uh, is there any, any time tension in that? Well, I mean, there's always a district need and a county need. Um, and in, in certain situations, there might be tension from the angle of you have north, you have people that might move in to the county and then you have the locals that have been here for a while. So generally, I think that people um, are willing to work together. They've demonstrated that. Uh, in terms of tensions, if there's one thing I have for my next goal, the next cycle of this election, that I when I become a commission again, the goal I have is to, to bring the um, different groups within my district and then ultimately in the county together to know each other more, both socially uh, and, 
and as part of the government how it works so that we can be an overall better team. Joe Sherrill is with us. He is a candidate in Cumberland County in District 6 as Election Day approaches. What is the relationship uh, in your mind between Cumberland County and the city of Crossville? Well, the city of Crossville is a major hub inside of the county. Uh, But in terms of state government, counties and cities do a lot of uh, functioning on their own uh, with the main goal that they try to work together to improve the entire metropolitan. Now, we're not specifically that kind of government here, but Crossville and the county are are team players together. They have to work together to get the best out of both worlds, so there's no doubt that we have to join them and they have to join us, and we both benefit from that. As you look over the next two, three, five years, what are some things that you see in the county that are going to need to be addressed? Well, one of the bigger things that has to be addressed in today's modern world is going to be the whole broadband Internet access. And the county has received several grants in that direction uh, to try to expand rural access to uh, the the Internet because that is going to be the future. It is the future now. Uh, But in certain aspect areas of our county, that's that's just not there. So that will be a major growth area for how do we expand our economy out beyond, um, beyond the hills. I think that issue has been brought into view by what has gone on over the last several months with COVID and school closures. And I'm betting a lot of people have been surprised at some of the numbers across Cumberland County of people that don't have connectivity. Well, they have very weak connectivity uh, or have no connectivity at all. So, yes, that's been a big issue. It's going to continue to be a big issue, not only for our county and our district, especially our district, because of how rural we are. But um, the nation as a whole will have to improve broadband access everywhere. I'm sure you hear a lot from people that your quality of life is important. You have a lot of needs, but you also need to make sure that those things are taken care of, whether it's parks and recreation or uh, treasures like the Cumberland County Playhouse. Is that a, a part of what you try to do as well, is to make sure that those things are taken care of? Well, in, in any group of people, you have different needs. In, in, in a social perspective especially, you have people that like to go fishing, people that like to go to playhouses, so you have to bring them all together. So one of my main goals, as I mentioned, this particular cycle is going to be to build a team, be, be the bridge, be the gap between the different diversity, uh, the social diversities in our district, and I'm going to, I'm going to bring the remote regions of Smith Mountain uh, into Fairfield, and we're all going to be uh, singing the same song here by the time I'm done. Finally, Joe, if someone marks their ballot with your name Thursday, what are they getting from you? They're getting dedication. They're getting honesty. They're getting a family group that is very aware of the social needs, not only of the um, the educated people on different parts of the county, but also the people that are more the hardworking class. So uh, and I share their experience. I, I know their needs, and I work with them to make that happen. Joe Sherrill, candidate, District 6, Cumberland County Commissioners, as we go to the polls Thursday. Joe, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. You have a great day. Thank you. For complete coverage of election 2020 and the news that matters to you, follow News Talk 94.1 on Facebook and Twitter. Polls across most of the Upper Cumberland open at 9 a.m. tomorrow. 
We'll be here tomorrow night to bring you returns and talk with the winners. We hope you'll be with us.